Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Christmas season here at It's a Religion. Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some, for the chosen, for the connected, for those who have influence or finances, um, those in the uh, drug community, for instance, um, that have plenty of representation in Washington, that um, people don't even have to vote for. Isn't that nice? You don't even have to lift a finger. Oh, well, except take a lot of drugs. But that's beside the point. I mean, come on. You know, who wants to try and uh, naturally um, live this life with a uh, bent toward trying to be healthy, trying to be uh, cognizant of, of how God made us. Um, and we take that approach here. It's a religion. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe he created everything. He sustains everything. He is the one that is coming back someday to reclaim everything. And he has already reclaimed us, those that put our trust and faith in him. But uh, he's going to reclaim everything else someday. And that's going to be a terror for some people, and it's going to be a joy to many others. And, uh, you know, there's an enemy at work here um, that comes at us every day with all kinds of things that is walking around as a lion to see how he can uh, steal and destroy and lie and cheat and uh, turn the things of God into um, what they were uh, not, you know, just like he did in the garden with Adam and Eve, tried to help them see things or tried to circumvent the will of God by enticing them to eat a fruit that God said, don't eat this, you know. And I think if they wouldn't have, he would have uh, grown them up properly. Um, but just like, you know, it, it's interesting. My two older kids are not following God. And I see in them the same things that really happened with Adam and Eve. When I think about it, you know, they were enticed by the world. They were enticed by other things that, uh, ungodly things, you know, because anything that doesn't, um, conform to the will of God is ungodly. It's unrighteous. And in that sense, my, my two older kids have chosen not to conform to the will of God, to, uh, put faith and trust in Christ and who he is and who he was. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media and the, the friends that they've developed over the years. And uh, we're very heavily influenced and much more considerate of those whom we associate with. Are we not? Do we not worry more about what other people think of us than what God thinks of us? Do we not uh, subscribe to that in many ways? I think that we don't think we do a lot of times, but in fact, we do do a lot of times worry more about what other people think, uh, than what's right and true and good. And so it's just the way we are. I think that's, that's how a lot of people, uh, face life really in reality. So what are you going to do about that? Do you not uh do you actively try and and not do that within yourself do you actively try and and uh um, follow the will of god 
no matter what happens, if you offend people, if you um, make people uncomfortable, right? You know, I think about situations sometimes with my own family. You know, my wife and I don't drink. And uh, my family, uh, a good part of them, uh, is follows the Catholic acumen. And, uh, you know, cussing and swearing and drinking aren't, aren't a big deal. They just don't make a big deal out of them. And, um, and I think sometimes we make people uncomfortable in that arena. You know, it's funny though. Most, most of the folks that I deal with on a professional level, um, that typically will swear, for instance, when they're having a conversation, when they have a conversation with me, will apologize a lot of times when they use foul language. It's just funny because they know I just, I don't, you know, and, and again, I don't chastise anybody. I don't condemn anybody. I don't uh, try and put my beliefs on them. If they ask me why, I will tell them. I will be ready to defend why I do what I do and what I believe. But, um, and I will try and influence uh, into equations, the gospel or, uh, a godly lifestyle whenever I can and why it's such a good thing. But in that same sense, um, it's just interesting how people react to other people. So in that sense, people are concerned how I think of them. And uh, it's it's just, it, it's an interesting dynamic and one I think we need to all be aware of. That's all I'm getting at. So today we were, as most Anybody that's listening to the show knows we start with the Bible. We start there because it says in the Bible, the foundation of wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. And fear of God is found in putting faith and trust in him and having awe toward what he's done, the creation that God has given us to live upon and be a part of. We would not be here without him. We would not have a life without him. And so that's a starting point for everything is, is God. And so, uh, not the Mohammedan God, not the Buddhist God, not the uh, fill-in-the-blank God, not the God of evolution, which there is supposedly no God, and yet you have all this design, all this wonder, the way uh, all the different quote-unquote species, which I think are are in reality kinds, as the Bible calls them, um, have a male and female. And I think that's probably one of the most telling antithesis of evolution that there is. You know, if evolution were true, you wouldn't need two species. People would, and things, so what evolutions will, evolutionists will go, well, hey, there's this thing, this one thing or two things that will, that can reproduce on its own. So therefore evolution's true. And, I'll just wait a minute, you know, the 9,970,363 other species that you claim are in existence all have a male and female. All would have had to evolve both a male and female portion that perfectly fit together in order to reproduce, that perfectly work together in order to reproduce and, and form a unit or a you know, family, or in some cases, you know, the male, um, like in uh, certain animals, will uh, impregnate 
how many females to keep their uh that animal going right that animal continuing in its line and uh it really is fascinating to see um how evolution is trying to explain some of these things and still maintain a hold on that theory that is really pathetic I, the the theory of evolution is the most pathetic thing that's ever been fostered onto humanity besides um besides drugs really at this point, you know, there's so much money in drugs, and we see it playing out right before our eyes, which I'll get into in a bit. But, hey, let's let's go to the Bible. Mark chapter 8 is where we're at today. And I'm going to start in verse uh, 34. And it says this, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall a man well for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also the Son of Man be ashamed. And when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so, even back then, when he was walking this earth, he called this generation adulterous and sinful. Would we say any different about our current generation? I would say not. And, you know, going back, he says, whoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And I believe this, this portion of the scripture is talking about our concern towards men and putting our faith and trust in men instead of God. Being more concerned with what men think of us than God. And he says, what, what does it really profit you? You know, you might gain something in this life in the world's eyes, but it's such a temporary thing. How long will you be gone from this earth? Let that sink in for a minute. You're going to be here for a short time. You're going to be gone for a long time. Where is true life? Is it here? Or is it after this is over? You know, people get so caught up in, in this lane that they're in and the paradigm we're in. We all do that. You know, I live in a small town in a rural community and we think a certain way. And it's hard for me to fathom the way people in big cities think. But people in big cities who never leave there, who never get out of there and see what the countryside looks like and drive through central Illinois where there's just nothing. There's a farm here and a farm there. And there's, you know, you get on some of these roads, you can be driving a long time without even seeing a house. And it's just, it's really interesting. Um, People just think completely differently in the situations they're in because they get influenced by others within the circles that they travel in. You know, my uh, son was a big gamer, and my daughter just, you know, she had, or our oldest ones, um, you know, my daughter had was influenced by others that, frankly, just do not, you know, want to follow God. She didn't want to put herself in that environment. And struggle with it for whatever reason so 
and gave in to sin. And that's really what it is. And at the end of the day, we're either giving in to sin or we're giving in to God and uh, following him. But Jesus asked this question. He says, what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? And what would we give away? What would you give? You know, when your soul is going to be condemned to hell and you're going to be separated from God forever. And people don't, I don't think, recognize the, uh, the travesty of that, the horror of that. You know, and God tells a story in the other, another part of the Bible where a guy dies and he's in hell and he's thirsty and he's uncomfortable and he can't, he's just very distraught and he sees at a distance a man uh, in Abraham's bosom being comforted and they have this exchange and he's like, go tell my brothers, please. And Abraham's like, look, if they're not going to trust what was written in the prophets, then what good am I going to do them? And that's our all of our choice. We all have a choice. If we're not going to trust what Jesus said, who he was, who he is, and subsequently what his disciples uh, put forth and what's in the Bible, what, what the Word of God says about him, no amount of miracles or anything like that are going to change anything. And it's not up to God to do that. God gave us everything we need in Christ and in the life that he led while he was here. Why should he have to prove anything else to us? You know, he talks in other parts of the Bible, this generation seeketh after a sign. He says no sign shall be given in except the sign of Jonah. And that's the sign that was given. He rose from the dead, people, and was witnessed by thousands of people. And he's alive today. That's why we can put our faith and trust in him. Paul said if, if the resurrection didn't happen, then we have nothing. And I would tell the people of Mohammedism that. You have nothing. Your prophet died. He's not alive today. Why are you following what he said? You know, Jim Smith or John Smith or whatever the guys of the Latter-day Saints, the guy died. The guy lied and died. Muhammad lied and then died. Buddha, yeah, I don't know if he lied. You know, he's got some interesting sayings, but... He's not a deity. He's not someone that, I mean, he died, right? Oh, all these other religions, they're dead. They're based on dead people with dead things. Christ is alive. And when you put your faith and trust in him, you too shall live. That's what he says over and over again. When he comes back right here in the portion of scripture that we just read, what happens when he comes back? Whosoever shall be ashamed of me in my words, and this adulteress of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. So what about the people that have put their trust in his words and are not ashamed of his words? He's not going to be ashamed of them. And I pray that is the case, that God will not be ashamed of me. Christ will not be ashamed of us and this family. Because uh, we put our faith and trust in him. Period. Exclamation point. Done deal. It's very obvious to me that, that someone beyond us made all this. And the only logical and sure explanation of that with eyewitness accounts is what's in the Bible. Period. That's why it's the most sold book on the planet. And there's really 
when you look at creation, you can't tell me that all this variety that also works together. I mean, it's just so perfect the way things uh, have been designed. And without, you know, you can't have this without some sort of intelligence behind it all. There's just no way. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So again, are you going to stand for what's right and true? Well, Joe Rogan, who some people uh, apparently listen to, says leftists hate Chris Pratt because he believes in Jesus. Now, Chris Pratt is an actor, been in, in quite a few movies. And uh, podcast juggernaut Joe Rogan argued this week, the left is hypercritical of Hollywood star Chris Pratt because he is a Christian and a good person. He's kind of outside the lines in terms of his ideology, Rogan said on his podcast. He's a Christian and he's pretty open about it. And because of that, they attack him. It's something so simple like he just believes in Jesus, he continued, and he likes to be a good person. And they are like expletive him. The overarching theme of the segment of Rogan's wildly popular podcast is centered on famous people, primarily actors, fearful of stepping out of line with mainstream progressive ideology. The case... To make this case, now where does progressive ideology come from, first and foremost? It comes from places like evolution and really anything else, anything anti-God, anti-Christian. Um, you know, you can be a Muslim, I'm sure, in Hollywood, and they're not going to give you a hard time. You could be a Buddhist, you could be a yogaist, you could be a Shintoist, you could be a whateverist, an evolutionist. But you can't be a Christian, and they're going to hate you. Why is that? Why is that? Satan hates God, people. Everything else. Remember, we start with the premise. You have God and Christ and everything else. And everything else is spawned by the father of lies to try and circumvent the will of God. So to make his case for why Hollywood stars aren't his view scared, Rogan noted, even Chris Pratt gets in trouble because he's a Christian, despite being the nicest guy he's ever met. In a recent episode of the Faith Wire podcast, our managing editor Dan Andros and I talked about the unreasonable backlash against 42-year-old Jurassic World star. It's something so simple like, he just believes in Jesus, he continued. He likes to be a good person. And they're like, expletive him. The overarching theme of the segment of Rogan's podcast. Okay, wait a minute. I just read that, didn't I? So some argue quite unreasonably that Pratt's post. Okay, he... I had a post. Pratt drew social media users over an innocuous Instagram post about his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger, in which he acknowledged the healthy daughter they share. Some argued quite unreasonably that Pratt's post was a dig at his ex-wife, fellow actor Anna Ferris, and their son Jack, who has dealt with a series of health issues. Twitter users tried to tar Chris Pratt's, Pratt's reputation over this post. Well-known actor, though, responded to the ordeal by pointing to his Christian faith, acknowledging he was upset by the backlash. Pratt, yes. The only problem I have with this is he has an ex-wife. And, uh, you know, when you make a commitment like that, it's supposed to be forever. And I don't know their personal circumstances. If she was, you know, cheating on him, then that would be reasons or grounds for divorce. But outside of that, the Bible really doesn't say that you should uh, divorce for any other reason but that. And... uh so anyway, I'm going to stay out of that. God knows. Uh, but at, he does stand for Christ, period. He doesn't shy away from that. And he is in an industry and in a profession where that is not accepted. It's not okay to be a Christian in Hollywood. 
which is pathetic. Why is that? What's the big deal? You know, that's the, the problem. The biggest problem with Satan is he can't stand to hear about God. He can't stand to hear the truth. And all these things that people put their faith and trust in, why are all the college campuses on this planet hateful of conservatives and Christian values? Because Satan is behind leftism. Satan is behind, you know, it's a spiritual battle, people. When you put your faith and trust in man versus your faith and trust in God, you have a spiritual battle engaged in. And so when you don't have faith in God, when you hear the things of God, a lot of times you're going to react very negatively to that. So efforts to stop Biden's vaccine mandate for private businesses reach U.S. Supreme Court. Well, I hope they do the right thing because the right thing is that the federal government has no business mandating anything on anybody. It was the same thing with the, the health care fee, right? If you didn't sign up for Obamacare or get health care, you had to pay a fee. And uh, the, some, you know, the whole way down the line, Obama and everybody in Congress said it was a fee. And then all of a sudden the Supreme Court goes, no, it's a tax. And Congress has the power to tax, so it's okay. And, uh, you know, I just, judges are humans and they, they can mess up too. So I just hope they do the right thing because there's at least two or three justices on that court that will not. They don't care what the Constitution says. They're going to implement their own will and the will of this soon-to-be dictator, Biden, who called, called Trump a dictator and called Trump out saying that, that he was somehow going to destroy our country. And that's so far from the truth, it's not even funny. But that's our media, our corrupt media nowadays. They're going to try and carry that message any way they can. So then you got this whole Omicron thing. So there's a someone in Europe uh, on Sky News that says they don't rule out plans for more restrictions as he accuses anti-vaxxers of having a damaging impact. And I would just say, look, I've never had the vaccine. I had COVID, got over it, no problem. Took the ivermectin and a mix of some other stuff and came out of it very quickly after I started on that regimen. And I just... It boggles my mind that people, you know, people are getting fed up with it. You know, it's been almost two years. It's going to be two years since two weeks to slow the spread here in the, the this country. And we're still dealing with all this stuff. We're still dealing with these government idiots trying to shut everything down, trying to impose their will on everybody. You know, you go to New York City, you can't, you have to have a vaccine or whatever. I mean, I, they're just going to destroy these cities. And then where are all these people going to go? They're going to move to other places like our hometown and mess it up with their politics. Why do you vote for these people, people? You know, why anybody would vote for a Democrat after all this is beyond me. You know, unless you are so wrapped up in your faith in Satan, in his way of doing things, whether it be whatever, you know, you're putting your faith and trust in politicians who supposedly are going to take care of you, using other people's money, stealing from some to give to others. And we spend so much wasteful money at this point. There's so, you know, it, it just, the whole system has, has gotten way out of whack and Satan's really won in so many ways in this country. 
because good people have not stood up and engaged in the process, like Chris Pratt in Hollywood. You need a bunch more folks who believe and trust in Christ getting involved in the political system or it's not going to change. You know, I met Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan, the other day, and he is such a stalwart. Um, Just a good, solid, honest guy. And, you know, the media and the leftists try and destroy him. Because the leftists have to destroy God in order to get people to put trust in the way in which they want to do things, to put trust in the elites, to put trust in those who say they know what's good for us. They have to destroy God because if people trust in God and a higher authority, they're not going to worry about what other men think. They're not going to worry about what the elites want to do. It's like, whatever, leave me alone. Let me live my life. Let me take care of my family. I'm responsible. I don't need your help. And I don't need your dictates to tell me, you know, my entire family's been through the disease. We're done. We're on the other side. Don't tell me I have to get a shot to make you happy. And I saw an interesting video the other day that, that, uh, it's not about freedom, right? It's about privilege. If you don't take the shot, you can't have these privileges. It has nothing to do with freedom. I mean, it has everything to do with freedom, but in the sense of what they're trying to push, it has nothing to do with freedom. And so I'm glad to see a lot of people firing back on it and uh, all that. And with that, we're going to call it a day. My son's up, and I'm going to go watch a Bible story with him. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning, Dad. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Thank you. See you in a minute. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful day. Happy Lord's Day. If you do not know him, uh, I encourage you to seek him out and find him because he will he will uh, change your world. He'll change your view on things. Help you see what's really true and good and right. And uh, from my perspective, I don't think you'll ever be the same. So, with that, we're going to finish with a little Christmas tune. And uh, I wish everybody a great week before Christmas. And if you need anything uh, to find out about the Lord Jesus Christ, email us at ehud at itsaverligion.org. That's ehud at itsaverligion.org. Have a great day, everybody. Frosted window panes, candles gleaming inside, painted candy canes on.